0: So if you've played the game Minecraft or you have a family member who plays the game Minecraft, then all I have to say is Minecraft and instantly, you know, everything that that Minecraft is because it's like a world in and of itself. But many people have never even heard of the game Minecraft, and so when I say the word Minecraft, they're like, what are you talking about, Minecraft? They have no idea what I'm talking about. So you're either one of those people that knows the whole world of Minecraft, or you didn't even know it existed. Well, for those of you that didn't know it existed, it exists, and it's a big deal to a lot of people, particularly younger people, And I have to say for myself, as a kid who played Legos all the time obsessively as a child in the 70s and 80s, if I were a kid today and had Minecraft, I would be playing it all the time because it's basically Legos on steroids. You can build things and... You, it's just endless, and you can participate in these forums or these, you know, servers with other people. And built like I saw one server where a bunch of people were building the enterprise, the Star, the Star Trek ship out of basically Lego blocks that you can put together in this game, Minecraft. Well, the reason why I'm talking about Minecraft today is because a past guest emailed me and introduced me to a fellow who uses Minecraft in therapy. And so I communicated with him and brought him on the show and we're going to talk about how he uses Minecraft in his counseling practices. So, welcome to the podcast called Psychology in Seattle. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a professor and a licensed therapist. Welcome to the show, Johnny. Thank you very much.
1: So, tell us a little bit about yourself. I work primarily with these with kids with autism. Because of that, very drawn to games in the gaming world and the internet world. And so, and you're a student at Antioch. I am. Yes. And you're an MHC
0: student. CMHC. CMHC student. Yeah. You have been working with autistic young people, mm-hmm. and utilizing Minecraft with them?
1: Yes. And so that's something they all talk about Minecraft. Again, just like you said, you say Minecraft, boom, they all know exactly what you're talking about. If you say, oh, yeah, I, a creeper blew up my house the other day. They're going to, their jaws will drop and they will go, you're an adult. You shouldn't know what a creeper is. And then instant rapport, just instant rapport. So I found that it was the best tool I had when I was meeting the, these new guys. So you use it as a rapport building tool. Yeah, initially. That was how it came into it. And I
0: still do for sure. Because a lot of the other counselors probably are not very familiar or at least they don't play Minecraft. So you you actually play Minecraft. Oh, got addicted to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I discovered it a few years ago after, you know, there was a lot of buzz around, I don't know, like maybe five, six years ago. Yeah, that was kind of its... And I thought to myself, if I had a lot of time, I'd probably play this game a lot. Yes. And, and probably really enjoy it. Yeah. But I don't have a lot of time. And it's one of those games <laughs> where... If you just sort of dip your toe in, you don't really get much out of it. It's a really good way to put it. Actually. Yeah. You yeah. really have to go for it, you know? But the little bit I did play it, I did like and, and did get pretty much sucked in. I, I made a little house <laughs> and I had my little kilns and ovens and I was going into some castle that was like pre-made and, uh-huh. and and like mining stuff and finding like magical things and bringing it back and making new swords and trying to and, find that next best thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, just digging around and and it's 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 fun. It's a fun game. And and in my mind I I thought the next step I would have done would to make the perfect castle on a hill. <laughs> in my head I just yes. had this vision of like a waterfall and a long staircase and then a castle that's just like precariously perched upon this mountain and and then I would have all I would have a huge throne chamber and like lots of parapets, you know, all this, all the nerd stuff that I wished
1: I had as a kid. And that's what's amazing about, I mean, this is just what blows me away. It is in every essence a sandbox game and it is everything that you ever wanted to do with Legos, um, create your entire world. It's first person. So you get immersed in it. Um, there's two different modes. There's a creative mode and an adventure mode. Um, and so in adventure mode, You are trying to build a house before nighttime comes because the bad guys come out at nighttime and you're trying to, you know, find the better ore to get your swords better so you can go and get better things. And creative mode, you just have all of these different blocks. They're the different painting pieces, I guess, the different Lego pieces. And you have unlimited of them and you can build whatever you want. Just these huge things. So survival, you have to mine all of your blocks and, and work and get them and... And in creative, you just go for it. It it generates you a world, and then it's a blank canvas.
0: Are the zombies easy to defend against? Because I found it fairly
1: easy to figure out a way to survive the night. Do they get harder or something? Yes. So the game has gone through many iterations and things, and mostly the AI has gotten a lot better. So it is easy to survive the night. You just build yourself a little cave and close it up and they can't get you. Um, But really the danger comes when you start exploring. And so while you're trying to get yourself safe at night, um, it's really boring to sit in a cave all night long waiting for something to do. So the goal Curiosity kills the player. Absolutely. And there is... It's a classic role-playing where there's always something more to go explore. Mm. And it's procedurally generated, which means you basically have an unlimited world to explore. You can go as far as you want, and it keeps on generating new world for you to, to explore and, and Interesting. see. So how else do you use Minecraft with your autistic youth? So I started doing Minecraft and talking to all of them. and They started talking about these YouTubers that they follow. Um, Mindcrack and, um, various Captain Sparkles and these, um, U- so I started watching them and got addicted to that. Um, it's a very interesting style of YouTube where you are watching people talk while they're playing the game. And what's interesting about Minecraft is that it's kind of like watching an art program and a game program at the same time. And there's a group of them. Like, like uh, Dave Ross. The modern yes, Dave, Dave Ross. That's a great example, actually. It, with happy little trees all over the place. <laughs> um, but there's a, a community of them all get on the same server, build these gigantic things um, together. And it was just fun to watch that. So. Then I had the language. I started talking about YouTubers, and the guys were even more. And I say guys because pretty much everybody I work with is a guy right now and pretty much has been. Um, But it certainly is cross-gender, the game and the interest. Um, So then I started saying, this is really amazing. People know this. Um, And I've got – so I want to make my own YouTube video. So I started playing it, and using it to describe social situations, basic little things. Um, And that quickly transformed into many, I don't want to call them lessons, but concepts that I explore. And so I created Mindless Minecraft, and I have the character Johnny Knowing, and he's my little Minecraft guy, and he runs around. And in the Mindless Minecraft series, we um, take... Questions from the people send in or just a topic that I, that some of the people I've been working on have been struggling with. Okay. Um, and then I'll explain it through the language of Minecraft. And what I mean by that is, is there's a whole bunch of stuff that you just get to know when you play it. There's a, a creature called Angry Pigment or um, Zombie Pigment. And they're these passive little guys that walk around unless you hit them. And then they all become angry and swarm you and you're pretty much toast. So I use these guys to describe, um, anger where you're doing fine. Then all of a sudden somebody presses that button and your whole brain gets taken over with angry pigmen. And you do, you know, you, you scream, you yell, you throw something, you break. Um, and that's because somebody hit the angry pigment of your brain. So the, you know, we need to figure out what it is that's hitting those angry pigment and see if we can build a castle up there, see if we can build a wall up there. And so huh. really, yeah, that's what it, the, the language of Minecraft that really only these kids get. <laughs> yeah. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, there's so many metaphors. There's good good, good
0: against evil. There's walls. There's yeah. resources. There's gathering your tools to go out and survive.
1: Yeah. So I'm guessing you have a lot of metaphoric possibilities. All sorts of things. I made a, a brain in Minecraft. It's become my, my symbol. And so I'll refer back to parts of the brain. And when the angry pigment are in the brain, you see them dancing on this brain. Um, I was working with one fellow in particular who never turned in his homework he always did it, but he's a perfectionist and he was really worried about getting negative feedback. So he never turned it in. So we, and his parents were amazing. They were like, yeah, play Minecraft with them, whatever you can do. So we built castles and then blew them up with TNT because there's TNT in the game. Yeah. So it was, you build it. It doesn't have to be perfect because we're just going to blow it up anyway. So uh-huh. it's like, how fast can you build this one? And then we blow it up. And then how tall can you build? So, Again, you can do this with all sorts of different things, but because he knew Minecraft, he was excited to do this, this thing and totally into it. As with Adam Johnson, Adam
0: Davis. Yeah, really good friends of mine. Big fan. <laughs> who were on the podcast previously talking about how they use Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, exactly. As a way to get kids excited about doing therapy and, and social skill development you're using Minecraft so you could use you could use any tool to help teach these kids mm-hmm. but Minecraft they'll be excited to go to therapy Because they get to use a game that they love to play. Yeah, absolutely. So these videos, they're called
1: Mindless? Mindless Minecraft. Mindless Minecraft, that's the YouTube channel. The YouTube, if you uh, search Johnny Knowing. Johnny Knowing. It's Johnny Knowing YouTube channel, and the series is called Mindless Minecraft. Okay. So it may show up if you search, but yeah, Johnny Knowing's the one. Okay. And the idea is that these kids... Or anyone would watch these videos? So I've had a lot of feedback from parents saying, I got a lot out of this video as well. Like, great for my kid, but I really enjoyed watching it. Um, Which is, I didn't expect that, but I love it. Because it is general concepts that everybody can kind of, heck, I relate to it. And so, yeah, you don't have to know it, but if you do know the language of Minecraft, it draws you in even more. Uh, My most recent video, Minecraft 101 for parents, and it's just describing some of the basic language that, you know, your kids or if you're an educator, uh, that people are talking about so that you know what a creeper is and you know the difference between survival and creative. And you can kind of get an idea of what your kids are, are doing in the game. Okay. Bridging that gap. Yes, that is usually quite vast between
0: <laughs> parents and and Minecrafters.
1: Yeah, do they call them Minecrafters, Minecrafties? Sure, um, crafties. Minecrafters is is the yeah crafty. Yes,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it seems like they'd have some clever name like builders. Or hey, are yeah. you a, are you a builder?
1: Yeah, are you a crafter? Yeah, are you a. Um, no, nope.
0: are you a, a miner?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's just hey, do you play Minecraft? Yeah, is really what it. Uh, th- this whole crafting idea has taken off, and there are now hundreds of different something craft, Robo Craft, Farm Craft, all of these different craft games. It's really struck really? a chord. Yeah, similar games to Minecraft. Similar in that they're what's called voxel based, which is the the squares, the big blocks that you that you place, and um, and so you're creating something. And then doing something with it. And so it's taking that sandbox idea. That's That really seems to have been something that has hit a chord with that middle school, high school age. Huh. Um, just get to create and kind of show off your creations and share it. And in the social media kind of world that we're in, anything that you can create and then share is, has that much more power. Yeah. Um, and, and so Minecraft really has kind of tapped into that.
0: Are these other games developed by the same
1: crew that made Minecraft? No, totally different.
0: Minecraft was like some kind
1: of one-off project by some German guys. Really an amazing, I think he's Swedish, but yeah. One guy or two guys? One guy, there's more in his team, but one guy famously, Notch, and he is like the hero of all heroes for Minecrafters, Notch. Um, He developed the game as a little independent thing. And it's like 20 years ago or something? Yeah, a long time ago. And then it slowly got people on YouTube playing it. And then once YouTube kind of started taking off as a place where kids went to watch things, yeah. then Minecraft took off with it. And then Minecraft started, it, it just became its own thing. Yeah. And famously, um, Notch sold. Um, Mojang, or Mojang, which is the company that does Minecraft, sold it to Microsoft for $1.2 billion. Wow! (laughs) Yeah. So it's Microsoft's games now? It's now Microsoft games. and The whole community is like, oh, now what's going to happen? Can we still YouTube about it? Like, are there going to be copyright things? Yeah. Right now, nothing bad has happened. And I don't think anything bad will. No. Yeah. I mean... No game has pulled a copyright thing on YouTube, have they? No, not that
0: I know of. Pretty much any game you want to watch is on YouTube, yeah. completely spoiled,
1: <laughs> by, the, by the way. Yeah, because of these Let's Plays, like, watch out what you right. go and, uh. <laughs> but honestly,
0: I, I, you know, it's interesting because I never thought about it, but I actually have, I mean, I'm one of those rare people that actually has watched people play video games on YouTube. Yeah. And, I remember, well, recently I was talking with someone and I didn't speak up because I was embarrassed, but they were making fun. <laughs> they, well, they they had heard of PewDiePie. Oh, yes. Is that, is that how you pronounce his name? I PewDiePie, Pie something like that. And they were saying he plays video games and he's the most famous person on the planet. And <laughs> people just watch him playing video games. And he's like... You know, how could anyone do that? And I'm like, well, I've done it. (laughs) Because, because actually it's, it's the same as when I have a younger person in my life that is playing video games on my console in my house. Yeah. I would much rather watch them play than to play myself. That is such a great way to put it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because they're better at the game than I am. Yeah. I don't have to do anything, but I kind of get to participate in the, in the suspense, es- especially if it's a game like the game. I remember watching a lot of uh, what, you know, that I liked watching was the recent Batman
1: Arkham horror. Yes. Cause that was a really visually interesting, yeah.
0: you know, game to watch. There's a
1: bit of a story in there. Yeah. You get into it. Yeah. Right. So, this is going back just a step to to the mindless Minecraft videos. It has been um, I'll take a topic, for example, anger or bullies or procrastination. Those are kind of the three ones that have been the most popular. And and I'll explain it in a way that um that's neutral. You can get it whether, you know, Minecraft or if you do know Minecraft, then you kind of get a kick out of seeing it going through this. Yeah. Being on YouTube, you're like, how many views do I get and how many? Um? So I've been going through this idea of, okay, why am I doing these other than just for the fact that I love them? The way that they're heading is a tool that anybody can pull up and use. I don't see it as getting a viewership, but I see it as just being something. Here's a little 10-minute one-off you can use with your kids to, to describe something that they're having trouble with. Yeah. Okay, so technically right now, you're not a
0: therapist yet. You're training to become a counselor. Yes, I'm so a coach. You're a coach it, right now. Yes. And you're you're someone that helps autistic youth with their emotions and with their homework and with their life skills and social skills, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, once you become a counselor, do you plan on using Minecraft?
1: Absolutely. <laughs> in, in what way? So when I become a counselor, I see myself basically doing a lot of the same work that i'm doing now but getting paid more absolutely (laughs) um so a lot of the kids i work with have a coach and have a counselor because they have emotional stuff that they're dealing with um and you know anybody works with kids know that you are part counselor no matter what role you take teacher coach what have you um so being able to do that uh, officially is just going to increase my tool and the breadth and the stuff that I can do, and and Minecraft is is going to be huge for that. Actually, I'm just starting up a server where I'm hoping to be, and this is through the organization that I that I work with or work through, um, work for, <laughs> um, and so that a bunch of kids can get on. We can all at the same time. It'll be a moderated session, mm-hmm. which is really what what the experiment is. Is can I give them? challenges building challenges group things that they're trying to do in this text environment where communication is down to its fundamental level what you say has to be 100 percent clear because there's no inferring what it is and once you get that down then you can start saying so it's um build me a tree and each person is going to have a different idea of a tree a spruce a hemlock um and so then talking about that, wow, when I say tree, what you think is different than what I think. And yeah. um, kind of that coder-decoder thing in Minecraft speak. Yeah. So, Yeah, I see this
0: as a tremendous thing that you could offer people. You know, let me just sort of vamp on the vision that you just put into my head please i see parents watching their kids playing minecraft on servers or by themselves and just going man they're just wasting their time yeah huh there's this service i heard where i could pay 20 bucks an hour because you you know you'll get two you'll get 10 guys at a time i could pay this counselor who's certified and licensed and da-da-da, has education. And here's his pamphlet where I see online where he he teaches kids about social skills, makes sure that they're not inappropriate, gives them challenges that challenges their brain and their emotional intelligence, and and makes sure it's social and not just isolating, and maybe even catches things like they're depressed and maybe even suicidal, and he's trained on how to respond to that. Right. Boy, that sounds like a great deal. Sure. If, if, (laughs) if, if my kid will do it. And, and then from the kid's side, the kid is like, wait a second. I can play on a server and have all sorts of things go wrong because it's not moderated. And, you know, there's always a jerk that comes in and does something horrible. Whereas I can go to this server and play with a bunch of other people that I've become friends with. And there's basically like a hall monitor, (laughs) an RA (laughs) that, that is there to can give us challenges and it's fun and make sure that we're not too s- frustrated you know makes the challenges probably just the right amount of challenge for for me and I feel this great sense of success and I, this isn't therapy meanwhile the parents and you are going yes it is therapy yes, it is. <laughs> yeah and and I just see you you know just doing all sorts of wonderful work there that is
1: Absolutely. I, I love your vamp. Thank you. That was brilliant. <laughs> and that's it exactly. And the the big key, the thing that I really want to keep in the back of my mind, and if anyone else, you know, jumps in with this, I, I can see it getting something more than just one person doing, is there's so many games that people have tried to turn into educational things or therapy things, and it just falls flat. Cause it loses that... It then has a purpose. It's not just I am being creative in my own world and coming up with all of my stuff. So that's really my own challenge. Something that I'm wanting to figure out and develop more is how do I let them be 100% creative and take ownership of it and still work in these therapeutic goals? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the Mindless Minecraft series, I feel like is, is doing that well. It, it is a fun, if I do say so myself, funny series to watch. You can enjoy it, um, but it's still talking about certain fun things. And so, yeah, that's really – that is the next step. That's what I'm trying to um, trying to figure out. And then, huh, if I can figure it out, I want to try and teach it. That, that's really my ultimate goal. I want to share this so that more people can do it, so it can get out there more. Um yeah. Yeah. So teach to other therapists, yes. educators yeah. how they could moderate their own servers. Yes. And how to use I guess if I'm getting specific, how to use sandbox games like Minecraft in a therapeutic way. Yeah. Again, it's art therapy, right. I guess if you look at it one way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or play therapy
0: is is the the thing that I that I you know, group play therapy it, or it could be used in that way honestly or the way that people use Things like Dungeons and Dragons to teach social yeah. skills. But yeah, I could absolutely see it being used as play therapy in that if you knew someone's clinical background, yeah. say they were traumatized, and you set a goal with the client to process some of that trauma, and you did that through the play of the game, yeah, then I could see that being very similar to play therapy. Because, you know, if with... Children, sometimes you don't directly talk about things because a lot of children aren't direct talkers yet. And so you might use a game like Legos or a game like puppets or a game like baseball or something. And through the game, you are able as a therapist to use the language of the game, but it symbolizes the real life experiences. You know, like I could imagine in Minecraft... They are playing with, uh, with some other people, and, or maybe they're playing by themselves, and the zombies are coming, and they're trying to beat them back, and through the game, they're able to vanquish. You know, They're able to win, and this is therapeutic to them because in their life, they were made to feel powerless and unable to defend themselves and unable to fight back the abuser and
1: through the game they therapeutically are able to gain power and safety does that make sense yeah absolutely absolutely it's um again because it's such a creative thing there's so many different ways to take it and it kind of boggles my mind even to think about it (laughs) i'm distracted by his cat (laughs) they're both freaks yeah So I started playing Minecraft, and I started playing it with my roommate. So we were in the same room, playing on the same thing, exploring together, and building our own stuff and and getting it in there. And when you start to play, you realize some people, personality differences come out. And it's amazing to see this, because in the survival way of playing, you can only build with stuff that you find and that you mine. and, And you have to share, maybe. And you have to share. And... There's no locks. If I find diamonds, which are amazing, make a diamond sword and I stick it in my chest, he can go open up that chest and, and use it. And so on public servers, you have this thing called griefing and griefing is when people come in and just cause destruction for for real. I like things to look nice. I will put some design into my function. My roommate is 100% function. Um, And so our play styles were a little different. He would just make a wall to protect us and I would want to put windows and a door in the wall um, so that I had something nice to look at. And that's something that comes out when you're playing with other people Is little personality differences that in the game don't make that much of a difference, but you can translate out into the world and you can say, you know how when the teacher wants you to show your work, but you already know the answer? So you are a function guy who just wants to build a wall. Your teacher likes to see the process of the wall and wants some windows in there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. So you're going to talk about griefing? Yes, griefing. So... In the internet world, in the Minecraft world, there are three different kind of... By the way, is griefing only for Minecraft, or is that... Mm, It's for other games, too, right? It's for other games. It has become a thing unto itself in Minecraft. Um, So you have pranking, trolling, and griefing. And these are things that are out there, but in Minecraft, they mean very specific things. Um, A prank is something that you do, you go to your friend's house, and you fill it entirely with boats, and so they come like, holy cow, there's boats everywhere. And everybody gets a good laugh. Um, trolling is when you do something to frustrate somebody and then you get a bit of a chuckle out of it and they'll get kind of a groaning chuckle out of it. Um, and griefing is when you just do damage to somebody else. You take TNT to their house and blow it up and you think it's hilarious and they think it's horrible. And so with my with the kids I work with, um, we talk about IRL griefing. So, in real life, griefing and in real life, pranking. And so, we say, okay, what's the difference between a prank and a grief? Because that's not always a line that's natural. You know, it's funny to me, but what is this funny once? Is it funny to them? And so, they know what it is in Minecraft because they've watched YouTube videos about people pranking each other all the time. So, getting that to translate into real life, I've actually had a lot of success with in, in running groups. All I have to do is say... Um, Okay, was that a prank, a troll, or a grief? And they'll go, that was griefing. And then everybody's like, oh, okay, that was griefing. And yeah.
0: Good. So it's teaching them not only how to be nice to people, but empathy and the difference and try to read other, because that's really the difference is, because, you know, there's probably lots of different things you can do. Yeah. But it really depends on how the other person takes it. Exactly. that's what determines if it's a prank or a grief
1: and, and it's a it's a scale um, and some people take it differently than other people and all of those types of things. yeah, right. trolling, which is the middle part is just trying to annoy somebody else and that that's basically the troll while griefing is is hurting them. And so we had a no trolling rule um, and that was basically like, oh, or do you feel like you're being trolled and like, oh, yeah, I'm being trolled. And instead of saying, you know, leave them alone, you're annoying him, we can say, oh, that looks like trolling. And for some reason, I think it's because it's a language that they see online a lot with people that they respect, like PewDiePie. Um, it hits home a little bit more. They, That's they interesting. So, so if you just said to someone, be
0: nice, that wouldn't be as impactful as saying, don't troll. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Or, or that was a troll right there that 's a perfect example of a troll, and they go, Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah, as a side note related to that, I on youtube you know occasionally get trolls, yeah, uh for me oh with, yeah. the, with the podcast, and some and when it's just flagrant trolling, I just ignore it because it 's so over the top, yeah, but there was this one guy that was calling me a mangina. That's like a word out there in the internet right now for anyone that is a for any man that's a feminist. Oh,
1: interesting.
0: Basically, it's calling a man like a pussy, I guess, yeah. or a wuss, or something. Thick so, skin to be a YouTuber, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right. But this one guy was calling me a mangina, and and but he also had some semi intelligent things he was saying. I wouldn't call them, you know. I wouldn't wouldn't call it an intelligent discourse, but it it wasn't on the level where I could just ignore it. And so I decided to go back and forth with him and try to sway him, try to convince him that a man can be a feminist without it being a bad thing in whatever way he thought it was. And so I was asking him the definition of mangina. And he's like, well, it's you or something. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know what that exactly <laughs> means, you know, or what are you exactly saying? And because, you know, if, if you just ask someone that calls you a name, well, what do you mean by that? They, they have no they have nothing to say, because right. if, if they were more articulate and actually had a point, they would say that rather than just calling you a name. And so if, if the if the word has no meaning, then I'm not going to take any meaning from it. But anyway, at a certain point, I said that he was a troll that he was trolling me. And he's like, and then he responded and saying, I'm not trolling you. That's ridiculous. And so I looked up the definition of troll on Urban Dictionary and read it back to him. And he said, well, okay, I guess according to that, I'm trolling. Because it was something like someone who purposely tries to hurt someone on the internet. Yeah, or get a reaction out of someone or something like right, that. For no reason other than just to do that. Yeah. You know? And he's like, okay, well, maybe I did a little bit.
1: And I felt a little satisfied. <laughs> you win,
0: <laughs> which is rare on the internet in comments. <laughs> well, I wouldn't call my situation with him winning because in the end he was still quite convinced I was a mangina. Yeah. But but it was a tiny victory in a in a lost overall battle. But um, but anyway, that's just my little side note about trolling. <laughs>
1: Do you ever get trolled? So the site is small enough at the moment. I think that so I have eight subscribers, yeah. and I think all but one are family. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because this is, so I have like six, seven episodes up there, uh-huh. um, but I haven't really done anything to try to get them out. Yeah. Um, well, it's just a matter of time. I mean- And when, that's the thing. When,
0: when the podcast started out, as I was telling you earlier, six years ago, seven years ago, yeah, it was the same thing. I I would I would anxiously watch the the views on YouTube and 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 I would say, "Oh, it went from 3 to 4." Yes. I bet you my mom watched it. You know what I mean? It was just like the chance that a random person watched it was pretty slim because in the beginning no one knows about you and so they don't they don't know to click on you, right? You just have to keep going and it sounds like you plan on doing that if you build it they will come but you have to continue to build it
1: if you do go to the site johnny knowing and you take a look at the evolution of video quality from the very first one to the most recent one it's, you, you'll see that I've been having a blast with the learning curve. I've just been really enjoying learning how to record and then how to edit and then how to add sound and all of these different things. Um, so it really is in that hobby side of it. Yeah. Um, but I, my visions are making it more professional, something that people can post on websites uh-huh. and say, you know, here's a great example of this skill or something like that. Well, what Pootie Pie does is he has all these graphics and words and stuff. Are you going to do that? So, not over the top, but little bits here and there. I, I've just started. Um, my new introduction is a thing of beauty. Like you'll see the first one that you that I do, which is just me looking at something in the game and then putting some music over it. I think I had a Microsoft video creator like text that showed up and now I have this amazing 3d I taught myself blender which is a 3d rendering thing and got a camera flying around and music in the background with some lens flare and yeah it's just gorgeous I'm wow. very proud of it <laughs> <laughs> cool well here's a here's a question for you so
0: eventually once you become a counselor a licensed counselor in a in a year or two you will have clients that will Google you mm-hmm. and they might come across these videos and and say they're just a regular client that's coming to you to talk about getting divorced or something. How do you feel about them seeing these on the internet? I would love
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you see these on the internet, they're very much an extension of my personality. And I'd like to think that if we're clicking as counselor and client, it's only going to make you appreciate... Our therapeutic relationship more. Okay. Um, and it's because it's done in a fun way. Um, and really, you know, I primarily see myself working with adolescents as a counselor. I'm open to it all, but that's really where my experience is and where I see myself going. Okay. Um, and so, you know, in the best of all worlds, the YouTube videos will become referral sources. Yeah, People will say, wow, this is great. And that guy actually works with kids. You know, I want him to work with my kid. Yeah. Um, or the other way around. You know, I do this and, and then people Google me and say, oh, look, he does this thing and let me look at it. And he's a little weird, but that's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, I'm not too worried about it because I'm not putting anything out there that I wouldn't want to be seen 10 years from now. Okay. Uh, very internet savvy, I guess. <laughs> okay. It's good, yeah. that, good, good that you're thinking about that because
0: as a person that puts things on the internet, Every week, I always think about that as well.
1: Yeah, especially when you have a profession in a counseling profession. You know, there, okay. there's a lot of yeah. personality is a big thing and reputation is a big thing in, in this.
0: Right. <laughs> reputation, but also just what you reveal to clients that might
1: be listening. Yeah, because there's a lot of all that around personal disclosure and yeah. everything there. Yeah. Yeah,
0: And self-disclosure or clients knowing things about me is fine, but I have to think clinically if it would harm the relationship or something, which would be potentially unethical. And so it's just something, if you haven't already, to, to give some thought. You can always take videos down, too. True. If you were to say something in your video like you were an atheist and you hated all religious people, you wouldn't say something like that, but... Something along those lines. Yeah, you could imagine a religious client having come across that. It might harm your relationship with them, and and might harm their clinical outcomes. And so, in that way, it it
1: would be something to avoid. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's one of the things because you can. I have definite opinions about educational philosophy, uh, the role of the working relationship between student and teacher, and. I leave that out of my videos because it is not, while I am personally, I guess you could call me anti-common core, I like more individualized instruction, I'm certainly not going to say that in my YouTube videos. Apparently, I'll say that on a podcast, though, and that can get out there. But <laughs> That's um, not one of those things that... No, it's not controversial in right. any way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm also just a really easygoing, non-controversial guy. So what are you going to do? Right. <laughs> you know, it's interesting when you think about this, the the gaming sports. I forget what they call them. There's a term for it. Here's the cutting edge. YouTube is big. The next is Twitch. Twitch is a live streaming site, and people stream games over it. And um, the League of Legends World Championship is streamed over Twitch. And, and right. that's getting huge amounts of viewers. So millions. that's live streaming? It's live streaming. Yeah, yeah, I've heard about Twitch. Yeah. And and that's really coming up like that. That's getting bigger and bigger and bigger um, really fast. So there are famous people that will play particular games, right? Not even famous people. Oh. And that's what's amazing. I could start a live stream and just play for three hours any game, and some people end up finding me because I'm playing a game that they're interested in. And they and, just watch you. And they just watch me, leave me on in the background. I'm not sure what they do. Um, but a lot of these famous YouTubers do live streams, and you know they get thousands of people watching them at the same time. And you can chat with them, so it's more of an interactive thing. Okay. Um, but then you get people playing the StarCraft to World Championship, and that's streamed, and everybody can tune in to watch that. Yeah,
0: that was my gateway drug game, because (laughs) I played it and, and figured out how the game works. Right. And then I somehow saw, just randomly on YouTube, I was like, oh, there's this tournament, you know, I'll watch three minutes of this. And I ended up watching, I don't know, over the span of a few months, you know, probably like... 20 hours, you know, <laughs> spread out over time of these famous games. And then they have these commentary people. Yes. If you've watched StarCraft 2 games and you enjoy that, then you know what I'm talking about. I'm guessing you out there in podcast land don't, because most people don't. But it's essentially like watching a football game. Yeah, You know, if you don't understand football, it, football is terrible to watch. It's sort of like watching cricket or rugby or uh, Australian football. If you don't understand the rules, it's really hard to watch. But when you understand the rules, and you've played the game before, yeah. and you know what it's like, see, that's another thing with, with people sometimes say, why would people watch golf? Well, when I was a kid, I hated watch, my dad would watch golf. But when i started playing golf i actually liked watching golf occasionally i don't anymore hmm. either play or watch but so if you play a game you can appreciate things people that are good you know if 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 you so i've played starcraft 2 and i'm terrible at it but to watch the masters at it is is it just adds another level of enjoyment cuz you're just amazed at how fast their brains work in hands yeah
1: that is such a great analogy for the whole youtube phenomenon of let's plays and live streams it is it's sports and it's yeah it is just amazed at people that are really really good at it and watching them do it right yeah
0: yeah and to some and some games are so visually interesting yes like league of legends yeah like StarCraft, that sometimes, even if you have no idea what's going on, you're just like, whoa,
1: all the flashing lights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's um, And then the commentators you talked about, they are just like sports commentators. Right. Crazy, talking about all the things really fast that you have... Less you know it you don't they 're speaking another language, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, these commentators are famous
0: and super funny and, yeah. and know their stuff and yeah. yeah, yeah, and and a
1: lot of the people that play too, if like yourself, if their personalities yeah. come through as well, so that 's really what you end up watching f- is less for the game, if you become an avid watcher and more for the personalities, yeah, like they're ones that you follow, you like how they talk and the things they do, and stuff like
0: right, that. yeah. Yeah, I don't think 10 years ago I would have predicted that the zeitgeist of our time, mid teens, you know, decade would involve online gaming and watching and sport gaming, sport video gaming. I would not have thought that. But it seems to be just on the cusp of like... I mean, it already is huge in Korea yeah. and, and other places. Like that's a classic example. Right. But but it seems like to be just on the cusp in the States to be to become mainstream. Maybe yeah. like 10, 10 years from now, it'll be like really mainstream.
1: And I can... Because it's... There are no gatekeepers anymore in, in that way. So it is not... Um, fox choosing to air you air this game anybody who's interested in something can watch anything else that people are wanting to put out and yeah i can see that the the gaming interest and where it's going is just going to explode i feel like right like imagine
0: if pootie pie played someone else that's just as famous as booty pie on Saturday night at seven (laughs) o'clock and they had, you know, famous comedians sitting next to them and it was, you know, whoever wins gets a million dollars. Like, you know, you imagine a lot of people around the world would tune in for that live event and consume all sorts of advertising to get there.
1: Yeah. And, um, guilty self-disclosure, I actually hosted a UHC party. And UHC is ultra-hardcore Minecraft. And it's a bunch of the Minecrafters that, that we all watched. And they get on, and it's, like, super hard, and they're fighting each other. It's a duel to the death. And we got popcorn, and we watched two screens at once so we could get, like, a couple different perspectives going on at the same time. It was very funny. And haven't done it since, but... I still keep up with the UHC series. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: thanks for joining us, Johnny. Absolutely. It was very interesting. And you have just the sort of personality that I think will resonate with people online. You have a, I hope you take this in the right way. You have a very Pootie Pie (laughs) personality.
1: I I take that as a huge compliment.
0: (laughs) Well, that does it for another episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us, and please take care of yourself.
1: Bye.